Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Howdy Warzone listeners, my name is Mike Casper and I wanted to share why I've been a Warzone Patreon going on two years. I've been a member of quite a few other fantasy football Patreons and never had a one-on-one connection like I do with the Warzone host. Memphis has called me to discuss team-specific and rookie draft strategies multiple times, and that's something I've just never experienced anywhere else. Uh, Memphis has also given podcasting advice on a regular basis and supports the individual Patreons in sharing their talents with the group. The group chat is always active. There's no group think there. People are honest and willing to share their opinions. And last, the Patreon leagues are fun and always active in trading. I know one league had over 20 trades in a 24-hour time period. So if that's something you're interested in, sign up for the Patreon. The price stays the same, but the perks of being a Patreon keep rising. I'll see you there and look forward to welcoming you to the family. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today and not only will you get the best trophies in the game today you can get a free championship ring up to a 59.99 value by entering in the promo code dwz ring you pick out your trophy which one do you like You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zones, the Fantasy Fixer Upper. I am your host. My name is Memphis. You can follow me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. And on today's show, I've got a really great guy. His name is Jason. Jason uh, is extremely patient. I'll get into uh, that in the body of the show. But he and I recorded this a couple of months ago. And one of our internet connection was the shits. It was just not working worth a damn that day. And I, I couldn't even clean the audio up enough to do it. But, Jay, but Jason was really excited to be on. And he was such a tremendous guest that uh, we had to redo it. And this is the redo. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with him through his team. Uh, it's a good show. Uh, I do enjoy It's a little bit of a longer fixer-upper, so I do want to get to it. But I want to thank you guys for the five-star reviews. We have another new one I want to read. I know there's some more on the way. People have been telling me, hey, I did a review. Make sure to read it on the show. And I will. I will. If you want your review read on the show, you just do it. I check two, three times a week, and then I, uh, I put them into show sheets so I don't forget. Let me read this one. Absolutely great podcast. Have only been listening for a few months, and I'm so glad I have. Have been looking for a Dynasty podcast for a year, and it seems like I finally found the go-to listen on my way to and from work. Keep it up, Matt Rinko. And Matt is from Canada. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm as proud of an American as anyone you will meet. Uh, I, I believe this is a, a great country, but I cannot believe the international support we get here at the DWZ. It just makes me 
very proud of the work that Jerry, me, all the guys that create content here at the DWZ. It's awesome. So thank you. Thank you abroad. Thank you domestically. We do just want to make the world a better place for fantasy football. And uh, But yeah, you can help us out. Um, we do have sponsors. I'm going to talk about Hate Brand Goods here in just a second. Um, as well as Trophy Smack. You know, this is a great time to be ordering a, a league trophy. Promo code DWZ Ring. Um, we've got a patron, uh, Viridian Global, tons of stuff. But if you just simply want to support the show in a, in a manner that costs you nothing, you just subscribe. You subscribe on YouTube, uh, a podcast. And speaking of YouTube, what a segue. I'll segue to YouTube in a second. But but five-star reviews on iTunes, it is the uh, the best. Um, I, I will tell the story of one of our good, loyal patrons going in and creating an iTunes account so that he could leave us a five-star. He's an Android guy. He is not an iTunes guy, but he did that for us, and uh, uh, I couldn't be more pleased. Speaking of the YouTube, so if you're listening to this podcast on Friday, Jerry and myself cut a live question-and-answer YouTube-only show on Thursday night. It was a lot of fun. Uh, A lot of people chipped in with some great questions, and that's just the bonus of being a member of the uh, Dynasty Wars on YouTube channel. It's free. You subscribe, notifications turned on. You would have known we were live. You could have got a trade question, uh, where you see the Bengals question, a Jags question, a Michael Thomas strategy question. Just a lot of fun. And we're going to be doing a lot more live stuff on YouTube. We did a draft on Wednesday. Uh, Mock drafts are much more fun to watch than listen to. And that's on the YouTube channel. Just a a great way to absorb some more content. And I know what you're thinking, Memphis. You know, I don't uh, enjoy absorbing content via YouTube. You know what? Secret The secret's out. I don't either. But there are podcasts that I listen to that come out on YouTube first. And then they put them out in podcast. I just put my phone on the charger. Put in my wireless headphones. And I bebop around the house or in the garage or whatever. And, uh... It's a uh, it's it's a great way to charge my phone, get the content I want because I'm just listening to it, and uh, it's another great way to support the show. And if you want to support the show with uh, with uh, bonus content and with your dollar, that's Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. So we're going to go a month, somewhere between now and August first. We're going to revamp the podcast uh, on Patreon, um, the channel, if you will. We're going to do some stuff different. Uh, we have a great group chat. We brought on several new patrons this week. They are loving the group chat. Uh, I'm here to help you with your your rookie drafts, your startup drafts. Just a good group of people. And I think for 5 bucks a month, and if you remember going into August, you'll be grandfathered in at that price. It's a great way to get a lot of value for your fantasy dollar. You know, inflation's going up everywhere. The price of gas, the price of meat, the price of groceries. Everything's going up. Uh, but as of today, through the month of July, the price at the Dynasty Warzone's Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone is staying the same. Uh, I'm going to get one last little commercial in and I'll get you guys to the conversation with Jason. Uh, hate brand goods. You're going to hear from Matt, the owner and two-time Highland Games world champion in just a second, what that means to him uh, on Thursday. If you listen into this on Friday, the 2nd of July. They dropped their new Offset collection. It's a, it's a series of t-shirts. It's pretty cool. It's a, it's a very summer 
summery colors, especially for the ladies. Now they do have a purple one for the guys. And uh, a, a lot of good stuff. I hate brand goods. They've been doing flash sales over the weekends. The promo code of Memphis has been working on top of the discounted price. So it works on new stuff like the offset collection. It works on flash sale stuff if they're having one this weekend. And just another way, another opportunity to support the show. Uh, you can check us out again on social media, the Instagram and Twitter handle for the show, Dynasty Warzone on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at DWZ Memphis. Jerry is at Jerry DWZ. And if you don't do socials, I don't blame you sometimes. But if you don't and you want to get a hold of us, maybe you want questions answered about the Patreon or just whatever, it's Dynasty Warzone at Gmail. Again, Dynasty Warzone at Gmail. Drop us an email. One of us, usually me. But one of us will get back to you as soon as possible, and uh, we'll get you hooked up. But speaking of getting hooked up, I'm going to get you hooked up with a couple of minutes from my man Matt Vincent uh, at thehate.com. That's the, H-V-I-I-I.com, promo code Memphis. Let's hear from Matt, and then let's get into my conversation with Jason. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a safe and fun 4th of July if you're here in the States. And to all my international brothers and sisters in the Dynasty game, hope you have a great weekend as well. Until next time, have a good one, guys. Tell us a little bit about Hate Brand. When did that start, and uh, how are things going with it? Things are good, man. Uh, that started in October of 2014, so now, give or take seven years into doing whatever this thing is. And um, that's apparel company I started then and wanted to start making some clothes that I wanted to wear is really where it started. It start, and, uh, did it start more with you writing something first? Like, yeah, you, yeah. like uh, was it like an ebook or something that you put out or? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a book. And then we made an ebook. So I wrote a book in 2010 of uh, how to train for the Highland games called training lab. And one of the sections I wrote about in the book is called the hate. And this was just this kind of personal philosophy I had that my brother and I had spoke about, um, just with athletes that we admired. And it was these guys that just, you know, still on top, still, still willing to do the work to get better, that it seemed their concern was always about them getting better to their standard and mm. not about what had to do with anyone else. So they didn't hate and other it was people. This idea that you, you see those guys get up in the morning on like 4 a.m. And it's, yo, that dude hates himself more than me. <laughs> that guy's willing to put in the work. He's willing to do it. And so from that point on, it was about like, I'm all right with getting beaten by someone better than me, but I'm not willing to be outworked. All right, and here he is back again, but here for the first time, all at the same time. His name is Jason, and I'm excited to get this going. Jason, welcome back to the Dynasty War Zones, the Fantasy Fixer Upper. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, glad to do it again. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so for those that didn't catch the intro, uh, Jason and I did this once before a while back. Uh, we don't know who it was, but someone had a bad router, and things happened. And hey, you know what? But it was such a good conversation, and he's such a good dude, and, and such a such a good person that I just couldn't uh, not get him back on because he's got a great story to tell, and he's got a great team to talk about. So before we dive into this team, I want to know a little bit about you, man. How long have you been playing fantasy in general? Maybe it was redraft or whatever. And then how long have you been in dynasty? Uh, probably redraft in the, you know, somewhere in the mid to late aughts. I was playing that. Uh, I, I avoided it for a while because I have that kind of personality where 
uh, once I start doing something like this, the the competitive juices kind of take hold and I it gets a little obsessive. So uh, managed to avoid it for a while, but once I got in, I was two feet first. Uh, started my first dynasty league with a friend of mine in 2014. He was uh, aware of the crop of wide receivers coming in. I was not. <laughs> so uh, he uh, he said he wanted to get a dynasty league started and uh, asked me if I wanted to come along. I'm like, well, you know, sounds like something that I could really uh, sink my teeth into all year long. And uh, it's uh, been pretty good so far. I've, we've added a, the first, whatever, seven years here, I've won the ship twice including last year and i've been in the championship game four times so uh and that was pretty good after the first season i think i was uh two and 11 the first season so it definitely uh started out rocky but it's uh, been going pretty well so far and um, yeah. i'm in another couple uh like eight keeper leagues so this is the only real true dynasty league that i'm in so what's your favorite format? You've played Redraft. It sounds like you've got some keeper action going on out there. You've got uh, a little bit of everything. What's your favorite genre? Do you, do you uh, do daily? Do you do any best ball? I mean, obviously, there's so many different kinds of uh, fantasy. Uh, any Devi? I mean, what other kinds of uh, fantasy do you enjoy? Um, I've been avoiding the the daily space just because... I'm not I'm actually not much of a sports gambler to be honest and the the I've got a math degree and I just know that the guys that are making the money in the in that space are the ones that are that have the best math and I don't know that I got the time to develop the best math at this point so I feel like I'm I'm a, a, a occasional poker player and I play for you know winning money not because of the sport necessarily so uh I, it makes me a little uh uncomfortable playing just for the action i'm i'm there to win that's uh guys listen for for any of any of you that just heard what this man said you play to win take your ego out of it he's that's what and that's something that i just realized we have in common uh nothing against dfs I mean, I guess if you're playing in like some of the heads-up games or some of the cash games, you can probably do okay. But to win these big GPPs, the guaranteed prize pool, you're right. Most of us don't have the math. I mean, you do. You're, you have a math degree. But we don't have the math and or the time. And the one thing most of us don't have is the bankroll. At least not to what these guys outlay. I mean, they're, they're maximizing, they're maximizing their entries. They're playing on teams, whether they tell you that or not. You know, you play 20 optimal lineups, and I'll play 20 optimal lineups, and the third guy plays 20 optimal lineups, and at the end of the day, we just chop up whatever we win. So, you know, that's always been my knock on DFS. People who love it, good for you. Um, I'm a DraftKings investor. I, I have a lot of DraftKings stock, so I want you to keep playing. But, man, I'm with you. I'm a dynasty guy, and I'm, I'm ready to jump in to your dynasty roster. So tell me a little bit about the league itself. Um, how many owners slash GMs, uh, scoring format, you know, like, this is, is it a super flex, one QB? Just give us some uh, some general details about your league here. Well, we uh, started off 
uh, well, we're still 10 team, half PPR. We've been staying with that format steadily for the entire time. Uh, last year, before the season, we voted and passed uh, moving to from one QB to Superflex. And we did it, I think, what I think is probably the best way. We, we put a two-year counter on that. So uh, last year, we just... Um, I think we eliminated the kicker uh, position as well. So we just have a DST in there. And, and then uh, this year we're adding one flex, but uh, no super flex. And then next year is going to be when we have the super flex position. It, that flex that we added is going to switch to a super flex. So we got, uh, so as of next year, it'll be a QB, a super flex, uh, a wide receiver, running back slot, a, a flex spot, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, and a DST, which we still haven't been able to kind of kick that out yet. But uh, you, can, may I make a suggestion on the D in the the D defense special teams? Is just just add one defensive player. It takes a lot of the luck variant out of there. It's not like a like a league that Jerry, my co-host at the you know the flagship show, the Warzone show, that we know we have ten offensive starters, ten defensive starters that the the Aussie guys drug us into. And I love the league; it's a lot of fun. But if you're just looking to dip a toe, just a little IDP, just it's it's one defensive player per week. And depending on if you go with very vanilla generic scoring format, most of the time that one player is going to be a linebacker. But but that's a little bit of a funner way, and it does take take some of that random week winning scores out of the defense. You know that week where you, you know, like I noticed, you have Baltimore, where they have a, a defensive fumble return for a touchdown, maybe a special teams touchdown. We've all seen those weeks if you've played standard ESPN redraft leagues where you have a kicker and a defense. For whatever reason, someone always takes the takes the worst of it. It's like I had the second best score in the league. I was playing this guy. And he had the Baltimore Ravens defense, and they scored 42. We all have that nightmare story. So just a suggestion. Maybe bring that up to something you guys can, you know, something new you can roll out in 2023. But I love the super flex. Yeah, I think what I'm going to do is uh, I've, we, my, uh, the co-commissioner and I, my friend, uh, actually have a thought on a new kind of format for a, for a, uh, another dynasty league. And I haven't really had the time to kind of put pen to paper for all the things that are involved, but it would probably have some element of that. Uh, I don't know about converting these guys just because they're kind of, some of them aren't necessarily full year guys and completely immersed. So uh, they like to have the, the little bit of kind of variance in there with the DST to help them out. So it's fine. I don't, I don't mind having the DST in there. It's more often than not, it doesn't make that much of a difference, but, uh, you know, it's just when it does, it does skill based. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, uh, frustrating when it does, but I, I feel like, again, it's one of those things where the playing field that where that levels itself out over time. I was getting ready to say, eventually water finds its level and everybody catches a break here or there if they're, yeah. uh, they're playing it. So, uh, before we get into the activity of this league, is there any other unique scoring formats, like a point per carry? Like I play in a league where 
It's a it's a point per carry for running backs and or any yardage bonuses, anything like that. No, I think there's uh, as I recall, there's you know the the forty uh, yard touchdown points uh, added on. I think there's two points for a forty yard reception or touchdown or uh, running touchdown. Uh, nothing beyond that. It's a fairly vanilla scoring format, which you know makes it a little bit more predictable, I guess. Well, not only does it make it predictable for someone who is, and here's the thing, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're like Jason, if you're like me, you were one of the best 0.001 fantasy gamers in the world. You know, you're, you're absorbing content, you're looking to get better every single day. And so that's fine. It, it allows you to have, uh, it allows you to absorb content at a general level. Because the more complicated and unique and funky your league is, the harder it is to find help with that league. So either A, you either had to have created it because you have an edge, or you are limiting the resources you have to help you get an edge. So no, I mean, I, I always call it the ESPN basic bitch scoring system. It's, it's fine. I love it. It's 25 uh, passing yards gets you a point for a quarterback. 10, 10 rushing yards, and I do fractional or decimal point scoring. So, no, man, uh, I, I think this is fine. So tell me about this league. Is this a hyperactive league? Is this a moderate league? Is it busy in spurts? And when I say busy in spurts, it means, you know, around the NFL draft, your rookie draft, start of the season. You'll get pockets of activity, but more often than not, it's a little dry. Uh, I think most of the guys are pretty in-season act- active uh most of them don't mind talking about stuff in the off season in the non-porn scoring but uh uh for the most part i'm probably i would say i'm more active than the next two guys combined uh so um i don't mind that so much i guess but uh i think one positive also of that uh kind of bland scoring format is that it makes it easier for um the rest of the league that's not as engaged to uh, find values and figure out what, you know, what a good trade looks like, what a crappy trade looks like. You know, if there's not really a lot of subterfuge as to, you know, if I'm making them a good deal or not. So that, that helps streamline things a little bit. They still think that I'm trying to swindle them, but you know, You know, I can't the, really the, the be- do anything but point. <laughs> the best way to do that is uh, obviously my buddies over at the Dynasty Trade Calculator, Izzy and JP. It's a paid service, but it's 15 bucks for a year. I would just tell those guys to just invest in some resources. And, and then, you know, I've done an entire patron episode for our patrons on this topic. Then once I have the calculator and I, you know, I kind of like steer them toward that tool. Then I learn how to manipulate it, and and you know they're like, oh my god, this is a saving grace. And then I just lose, the, I I lose the occasional trade by you know five to ten percent here or there on the calculator, and I end up wind up you know with players that I really like, and and wind up getting the the long term value. So just just something to kick out there. And uh, I was gonna ask you what shape your roster's in, but uh, you you said you won this league last year. You've appeared in four championship games. So uh, overall, this roster's in pretty good. We're getting ready to dive into it, but but you feel like you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, and uh, I think as my 
my general dynasty philosophy has kind of uh, uh, molded itself over the years. I think that, you know, I'm getting a little bit more able to focus on what uh, kind of deals that I'm seeking out and what kind of uh, what kind of things I'm going to value going forward and how I, you know, how my approach is going to be to you know, in-season moves and uh, off-season moves and things like that. Uh, obviously, listening to you guys helps. Listening to some of the other podcasts help. Uh, I think that listening to some podcasts is more for me to kind of find the consensus, and then listen to other podcasts is for me to find the the variance, the edge I want out of it. The the guys that I trust, you know, guys like you. Uh, that I can kind of find that extra bit of, uh, you know, difference in the deal. Sure. You mentioned you're a poker player. We're all looking for a little bit of an edge. That's why we're here. And I'm a firm believer that none of us know as much as all of us. So when we use this wisdom of crowds and crowdsourcing, I, I think it's tremendous. You know, um, as a, I said a couple of weeks ago, I appeared on the open bar with J. Mike and FF Manbun, Gabe. And I was like, I'm done arguing with people on Twitter. Going forward, when I see a take that I don't understand or don't get, or I'm listening to a podcast, instead of getting like, you know, what the hell? And, and you know, making comments like that or, or like retweeting or I just, I, I try to figure out why they're saying it. What are the, you know, maybe they're missing something that I'm not. You know, I, I think the big thing right now is a lot of people are, I don't, do you have him? You do not. You do not have Josh Jacobs. But I think there's this general consensus that Josh Jacobs is bad. And I'm like, but but why do you think that? And then I just ask myself, is this person using narrative? Is this person using data? You know, what are they using to back up this take? So instead of engaging in a back and forth that can get heated or personal, I'm just trying to learn from everybody. Because if, if someone is sharp and I'm missing an angle, I certainly want to see all the angles because that's how you win. So uh, I, I really dig that. I know the audience has, has heard us to, you know, do the introduction. We, we've been here long enough. They're like, let's get to this guy's roster. Let's see what we're working with. So um, it is going to be a super flex next year, correct? Yeah, after the 21 season, we'll switch to a super flex format. So we'll have, uh, I guess, nine slots plus the uh, DST in there. Perfect. So, you know. So, so you then, uh, are you are uh, the defending champion. Let's just talk quarterback for a brief minute. You you have stashed some guys. Um, you have Lamar Jackson. You have Teddy Bridgewater. You have Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan, Sam Darnold, and I typically talk about the picks at the end of the show. But just for the sake of this conversation, I, because you do have the one hundred and one in your rookie draft, which you have not had yet, you do have the one hundred and one. So let's talk about 2021 as you are the defending champion and we, we all play to win. So how do you feel about your quarterback group to win in 2021? And then what do you think in long term? Because I, I see Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, bridge is the perfect name because he's a bridge quarterback. Mm -hmm. He's going to be a bridge in Denver. He'll probably wind up going to be a bridge somewhere else. Jameis Winston, is he fish or is he foul? I, I don't know. We won't know until we get into training camp. I like Matt Ryan. But he's lost some zip on his deep ball. And I think he could have a nice year. But he is like 35, 36 years old. And I just don't see a, a Drew Brees, Tom Brady career arc. And then you have one of my personal favorites. But someone I have to continue to be very uh, like water. 
Sam Darnold. I love Sam Darnold. If we end 2021 and Sam Darnold's a top 15 to 12 to 15 QB and he just lights it up in Carolina, I will not be shocked. If he absolutely blows it up and goes full Blake Bortles in 2021 and loses his job in 2022, also wouldn't be shocked. The range of outcomes for old Sam, who everybody knows I love, is quite vast. So let's talk QBs. I feel like you got a stud, no matter what format, Lamar Jackson. He's a top five, top eight startup QB, no problem. But let's talk about the rest of these guys and that pick. What, what are your thoughts about this group collectively? I mean, for one QB, I think the group is obviously overkill. But, you know, this is uh, this is a, a particular circumstance where we're these guys are and this is kind of the dilemma that I'm running into right now is I'm kind of feeling like I'm forced to hang on to these guys that aren't really going to have value next year. I mean, no, nobody in their right mind should have, you know, Teddy Bridgewater on their roster right now in a, you know, 25 man roster when it's one QB, it's all about what the uh, circumstances are going to be going into Denver and whether he's going to win that job or, you know, more likely uh, the lock is going to lose it. But, uh, you know, those are the kinds of deals I'm making with this roster right now where the Sam Darnold, actually, I traded for him. And this is kind of goes into, you know, general philosophy. I traded for him when I got the two first that I have when I, I, dumped uh, uh, DK Metcalf at the trade deadline last year, which is kind of a counterintuitive move, uh, you know, given that I was contending, but I was kind of, that, that's kind of the arbitrage that I have in my brain about this roster in terms of a long-term outlook and the fact that I feel like as long as I keep on getting into the playoffs and I have a reasonable roster, I'm better off doing that than I am throwing it all away to try to, you know, blow it up for one or two years and then falling back. So it was a it was a long term move, obviously hoping to the to get the one oh one to get, you know, some quarterbacks that I could trust on this roster going forward into Superflex, even though it was two years ahead of time. So it wasn't a value move when I did it, but it's going to bear fruit when I go forward. So, yeah, that, 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 that's kind of the question I had for you was, um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on um, what I should be valuing the quarterbacks as and what I should be doing in the draft at the 101, given the fact that we are still, um, you know, one year from going to Superflex? Well, I'm going to start meshing this this team together and this analysis together just so that we can uh, we can keep it moving forward. Now, you have really good running backs, but you are thin on depth. Uh, the running backs you have are DeAndre Swift. You have Alvin Kamara. So Alvin Kamara, you know, going into year five, I, I think he's still an RB1. I'll be very curious to see how his targets and I know he's had like 81 targets like four years in a row or something since he's been receptions. <laughs> 81 receptions I'm sorry yeah 81 yeah. receptions yeah like several years in a row uh you got Nick Chubb you got DeAndre Swift you got like guys a, a nice mix you know a year two a year a year five a year four a very nice mix of 
of players. I see where you could want to use that 101 on, on maybe Najee Harris. For me personally, I've got Lamar Jackson. I'm going Trevor Lawrence, and I know that I can't get mileage out of him this year. But he's a once-in-a-ten-year quarterback prospect, the best since Andrew Luck came out in 20, 2012. And it doesn't feel like fun. You know, it, it's kind of like when you get paid and you got to take that money and you got to put some towards your rent and some towards your groceries and some towards your car bill and some toward insurance. It's not really fun. It's not going out like on a vacation. It's not what you want to do with it, but it's, it's what you know you're supposed to do with it. And that's kind of where you are this 101. Um, but what you, I would do, go ahead. Do you value the quarterbacks a little bit less given that it's a 10 team versus a 12 team? I guess that's the other big issue in my mind. Yes. Yes, I would. And because it is a 10 team uh, in season, you know, you're going to want to par this group down because I'm looking at your draft picks. You've got six total draft picks. You've got the 101, the 109, the 201, the 202, the 203, and the 603. My goodness, six rounds. In a one QB league, you guys will be uh, you'll be fishing, you'll be casting a deep net at, in yeah. that sixth round in a, in a one QB. But at least five of these guys, at least I mean, I would be moving that sixth for anything I could move it for in twenty twenty two. Just keep kicking that down the road until actually, because you know, I'm assuming you have a taxi squad. I, I did not see one in the picks that you sent me, but do you guys have, no tax? So so then you're really up against it, right? You're going to be trying to onboarding five new guys. And five well, this of the is, top of the this top is the 11? tricky part here is that our drops are before the draft, not after. I, so I'm looking at your roster. You, you do have the guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, got no, no, Penn I have no problem this. right now. Yeah, yeah, you have like a Rashad Penny. Uh, I would drop Teddy Bridgewater. There's two, uh, Quintez Cephas. Um, Johnson from, I don't remember, Colin Johnson, I believe, from Jacksonville. Yeah, he's done. To, 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 to get your five is no problem. Now, let me ask you this about this 101. What do you think your league mates are going to do with picks 102 through 108 before you're back up on the clock at 109? Are they going to dive into the Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, McCorkle Jones? Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Because I can tell you what I've seen personally. And all my drafts so far, and there's been way too many of them. It's been Trevor Lawrence number one, Justin Fields or Trey Lance two and three. Uh, you'll throw the occasional Kyle Pitts in there. Then you get Najee. Then 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 you get um, Jamar Chase, maybe Etn. And then by the time you get to 109, it's a lot of Javante Williams. And I I, I could see where you would want to add some running back depth with a. Uh, with a Najee Harris at 101, who if you listen to the Wednesday show a couple weeks ago when I was talking with Jerry about where do you see these guys in three years, I do see Najee as like a top three, top five running back. I think he's going to be really, really good in the pros. But personally, based on if if you think that would happen, I would love to have nothing more out of this class with that 101 and 109 than to walk away with Trevor Lawrence and maybe if you get lucky, Javante Williams. Or are these guys so old school, that they're going to pounce on the running backs and you're probably going to be staring down the barrel of another quarterback. I guess that's kind of the million-dollar question with this. I think uh, the one other kind of caveat on this league is that this is I'm based in around, you know, outside of Chicago, but most of the, a lot of these guys are uh, 
Ohio-based guys or Ohio State, you know, alums or fanboys. Uh, so uh, a lot of that is going to factor into that. The the it's actually funny because a lot of them are of the opinion that Trevor Lawrence isn't the 101, which you know there's that opinion that floats around out there too. Uh, it's not unreasonable, but uh, the guy at 102 literally has zero starting running backs right now. His starting running backs are uh, Todd Gurley and Kenyon Drake and uh, who's the uh, backup in uh, Indy? Uh, Marlon Mack. No, oh, Naheem Hines. Naheem Hines. Don't yeah. don't, so don't make me pull a, a Jordan Wilkins out of my hat because I will. Yeah, I don't want to. No. But I, will. <laughs> I mean, his running back situation is complete garbage, and he's got um, uh, he's got Dak, and he's got uh, what's his name in Arizona? Uh, uh, Kyler. Kyler. So he's actually not in terrible shape QB wise. So my speculation is that. He might actually go Najee Harris, but then the next three guys it would be it would be not a great decision in my mind for them not to go QB. The, none of okay. them are real settled situations, and uh, and in that mix are a couple guys that are big uh, Ohio State guys. So I, I would imagine Fields is going to go. I don't know if Fields is going to go before or after Lance, but that would be my feeling. So I would say in the top five, at least three of those guys, I would think, including myself, are going to take a QB. But the 109 is going to, going to bring you a lot of options because as we transition to your tight ends, you, excuse me, to, well, we can talk tight ends too, but you know, I'm looking at your wide receivers. you got Michael Thomas, who I think is going to have a great bounce-back season in 2021. Uh, is I don't think anyone, and it was just simply a year, an injury-plagued year, and and mm-hmm. no one's fallen further than Michael Thomas. Like he's in the wide receiver teens in a startup. It's and and, and a year ago at this time he was the wide receiver one for a lot of dynasty services. So that's how fickle the dynasty community is. A guy that I love, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, and, and then we start getting into a guy that I'm looking forward to coming back in Cortland Sutton. And then you have three guys, three guys who will be worth more to your roster on a week-in, week-out basis as like an insurance policy, an upside play, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Brown, and Jacoby Myers. All guys that I think could have significant impacts on your team and could really help you if you were to have an injury. That's great. That's a great depth piece. The one thing that, I mean, you, you traded it, and that's fine. But the one thing that, that you could really, really want to consider adding with that 109 if you don't go for a running back is you may consider adding another young stud wide receiver. It may be hard to pass up a QB, but if you're looking at a QB group that when you get done pulling the trigger on Lawrence at the 101, you got T-Law and you got Lamar Jackson, you got two of the top eight quarterbacks in all of a startup, regardless of if it's 10-team, 5-team, Really, with with two quarterbacks that good, because for me they're both in my top eight in a startup. So th- if this was a four man league, you you would be on an equal footing with the other teams in this league. So um, I wouldn't be dabbling, even if they fell to me. I wouldn't be dabbling in the Zach Wilson, McCorkle Jones, 
And by the way, on all Dynasty Warzone shows, he is strictly referred to as McCorkle. That's his given name. We're calling him McCorkle. Uh, McCorkle Jones. Uh, if these guys, obviously from what I'm hearing, I don't think no one in this group's going to let, you know, Trey Lance fall um, with his ties to Ohio State in an Ohio State-based draft. I, I would be stunned if he makes it outside of the top three Fields. to five. I'm yeah, sorry, Fields. Fields. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, no, no. Fields uh, is not dropping past four. I The guy, my my friend is, uh, yeah. He's locked in. He, yeah, he's he's salivating. If If for some reason... If for some reason, with a roster this good everywhere else, if if Trey Lance was to fall to you at 109, he would be the one that I, I couldn't not pass up. No. His uh, his upside is as big as anybody's in this league. Now, if he if he doesn't, then I would be looking at the 109. I would be looking at the Devonta Smiths, um, you know, the Rashad Batemans, the the other you know wide receivers in this draft, but. You know, you've also got to look at running back, maybe at the 201, because that's the 11th best player in this draft. I don't know if he falls this far. Maybe these guys go cuckoo for Coco Puffs with the great landing spot in San Francisco and his ties to Ohio State. Maybe Trey Sermon goes too early. But I would be looking to add, with those first three picks, one quarterback, we know who that is, a wide receiver or running back, and then at the 201, a wide receiver or running back. If I walked away with one at each position, you just got younger and reloaded at the at the quarterback position. You just got younger at the, the running back position. And you just added a, a future asset that you don't have to play. If you get Devonta Smith, you don't have to play him this year. He does not have to be part of your regular rotation. You have a full year to lay out. Now, if he comes out, goes full Justin Jefferson on this league, cool. We'll put him right in one of these flex spots. But if he comes in, gets off to a slow start, the Philly offense is is weird. The the Philly team is bad as their schedule is rough and we have no idea what Nick Sirianni is. I'm totally cool sitting on you know, Devontae Smith and see what happens in 2022. But man, this yeah, is a that... great opportunity to put some, some really young guns for the future because I love Michael Thomas this year, but he is 28. Now that doesn't mean you take him out back and put a bullet behind his ear. It just means he's 28. He's probably got two, three good years left. But as you start thinking about two, three years left, you know, how awesome is Devonta Smith going to be in two or three years? Perfect. There's my backfill. Is DJ Moore ever going to hit the heights that we think he is? Maybe he does it this year, next year. Cool. Maybe Devonta Smith takes that spot. You know, just some things to kick around with this with this group overall. Uh, I also want to mention you have the 202, the 203. So with this being a 10-teamer, so you've really got 11, 12, and 13. So you have five of the top 13 picks. It's, man, <laughs> part, part, part of me wants to be greedy and say hoard these quarterbacks, but you have so many, you have so many right now that you're literally going to cut a guy who's probably going to be picked up by one of your league mates. And, you know, that's going to be frustrating. But I, I would be looking to... You know, and everything's going to come down to some moves. Can you move the 109 and Matt Ryan and maybe move up to 107 if, like, a Kyle Pitts or a Jamar Chase falls there? See, that's the uh, that's the thing that I'm trying to work out is there's if there's one guy to me that even – I'm not even talking about necessarily even this year, but the – and I understand the hype is stupid right now, but – 
I've watched some of the tape on him and he's the hands on him are the thing that make the separation. There's plenty of guys that are great athletes at the position. I mean, I've got one of them on my squad in Gusecki, but the thing that the thing that differentiates him to me is he's just so good at the point of attack. I mean, he gets the ball. He doesn't let go of the ball. He's it's I I look at that and that seems like the one place where I can have a differentiation on the roster and you know it's to me it's worth it if I can if I could move up from you know 109 to 106 or something like that drop one of the extra seconds you said 106 it was funny I was thinking 105 because as we're having this conversation and we're just talking out loud we're starting to put together how these first few picks are going to go. It really feels the like it's going to be The guy at 105 George Kittle. So I think, the, and he's got a dicey quarterback situation, like okay, real so the, dicey. The guy at so, one's taking T-Law. I know him for sure. The guy at 102, you think he's taking Najee. Mm-hmm. The guy at 104 is not letting Justin Fields pass him. The guy at 105 has George Kittle. What about the, what about the dude at 103? What 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 are we thinking with his? He's the worst roster. If he lets Trey Lance or Justin Fields go by, then he's then he deserves what he gets. He's yeah, he's got a terrible QB situation too. So, um, I mean, like I said, I it's I'm not for sure that these guys won't try to go kind of chips all in on the one QB for last year, but. It would be surprising just given the fact that, and he's actually in a two Q, uh, a super flex league with me on another thing. So he knows the values. So I would suspect that he's going to go a QB, whether he goes Lance or Fields, I couldn't say. Zach Wilson, maybe, who knows? Then we found our target. We've, we found we found our patsy. We found our pigeon. We found the, the, the GM we want to go talk to. How do we get to the 106? And how do we do it now so that it's not as obvious who's there at the 106? Because you've thought through this. You, you kind of have an idea. Because based on what we're talking about, if you get to 106, it sounds like you're going to have a real shot at either Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, both of which are complete difference makers for this roster. Because you know at 201, 202, or 203, it may be a reach, but it's not a reach when A, we've seen some talent, and B, he helped service a need, and that's Michael Carter. You could, you know, maybe Trey Sermon's there. You know, I would love to see you get a young, you know, running back to really support this team. That's why I'm so bullish on Javante Williams. I think we're going to see a first-year arc like we saw with Miles Sanders in 20, what was that, 2019. Um, he had a slow start to the season, but he was a league winner down the backstretch. Jonathan Taylor last year with the Colts, he had a slow start to the season. It got a little rough in the middle. People were, like, you know, jumping off of the bandwagon left and right, and then all of a sudden he crushed down the end. I think that's the career arc of Javante Williams. But the long-term difference maker for this roster is a T Law. I'm sorry, you're getting T Law. Is a is a uh, Kyle a Pitts, a Pitts or a Jamar Chase. You know that was a discussion. Jerry does not see a, a tremendous career arc for Jamar Chase, and I really do. Going to his college quarterback, 
who literally, it, it seems so odd when you have veterans like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers that have to fight with their front offices to get them to get players they want on the roster. And Cincinnati's like, oh, okay, Joe Burrow, you want Jamar Chase? Fine. You don't want Panay Sewell? Fine. Tell your buddy to pack his bags. He's coming to Cincinnati. That resonates. You know, they're, 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 could they be the next Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning? I, that, that's a lofty goal. Statistically, they're the best combo of all time. I know people want to say Rice and Montana or Rice and, and Steve Young, and that's a very fair argument. I don't know that that's a that anyone's ever going to reach that level, but you see the point that what it could be with the chemistry and the, the, the amount of volume in that offense in Cincinnati. So that would be a move I would consider because then you don't have to get so deep with the cutting shears when you have to start cutting down. You can, you can keep some of this depth and you can still get plenty of help in other positions with those, you know, 201, 202, 203. Yeah, it'll be, that's kind of my, uh, my concern is that because the hype's going to be so big on, uh, on, uh, pits that, you know, people are going to just want to have the farm in order for me to move up a couple spots. I honestly, I feel like if I just stay where I'm at, I'm going to be perfectly happy. Somebody is going to fall, whether it's Smith or it's Javanta or whatever. That ETN I, could I can fall. afford to wait a year on some of these running backs: Sermon, Carter, Williams, uh, Etienne. If for some, you know, if he's the one that people don't like, uh, I can wait that year because I've got the bodies in line to, you know, at least to for this year to support the running back position. Uh, I got Kareem Hunt too, so you know it's if that was well the same thing happened last year. I got Kareem Hunt and then Chubb went down and it was all happy. Uh, so yeah, that's the thing is that I feel like I'm in good position whether I'm able to move up or not to make good decisions. I just like I said, uh, the one kind of pie in the sky dream would be to move like the 109 and 202. To get up to, you know, one hundred six, get pits. Offer it. Yeah, you you, you have the you have the same thing going for you then. If that GM says no, as you do now without it, at least you asked. You know, if yeah. he just if he if he just rejects, just say, cool. Hey, thanks for thanks for responding. Is there something I could add to this offer to maybe get there? And if he comes mm-hmm. back and he he wants the farm, then hey man, thanks, but no thanks. I'll move on. It, 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 yeah. You could you you could be very well surprised. They could say yes. You might catch them in the right mood, but if, again, if they say no, you have the exact same things going for you that we just talked about. So, um, yeah, and I think I, also I, it, I, it's not we do a slow draft too, and I think I'm going to be able to make some moves in draft once people kind of see how it all plays out. I think that's a lot of the trepidation that people are having too is they want to know how this is all going to kind of unfold and. You know, they don't even know that I'm going to necessarily take Trevor Lawrence at 101. Like if I take if I took Najee Harris at 101, that would completely throw a wrench into the works for everybody. And the, the whole draft would be completely different. But, you know, hey, it's good. It's good. You, you want to keep and what you just mentioned kind of tied in with what I was going to jump in there with was that here's the thing. You're still going to take young upside guys. And if for some reason you need some veteran depth, like maybe a veteran running back or whatever, you'll have no problem moving a Michael Carter or a Trey Sermon 
or someone else for a veteran in season if that's the move you need to make. There's nothing wrong with stacking a team this good with a bunch of young talent. It's kind of getting the first four, six, eight, ten games of the season to see what's going on. And if this team's contending but maybe someone got hurt or you just need to make a move, you can make the move then. And, you know, you may have to move one of your young pieces. I did this in a league to win a championship last year. Everyone who listens to the show knows I love Terry McLaren. I love him like family. He's uh, he's in that group of Memphis guys along with, you know, like a Sam Darnold and a, and a Cooper Cup. But I moved, I moved Terry. I moved uh, like the 109 and Cole Komet in a tight end premium league to get Devontae Adams. Went on to win a championship. And, and it was worth it. Did I like giving up Terry? I did not. Did I like giving up the 109 or 108, whatever it was, that ended up being a quarterback? And Cole Komet, a tight end, I like. No, I do not. But I like the money. I'll tell you that. I, I, I liked getting, like, I don't know what it was. I like getting 400 450 bucks because it was a $50 buy-in league. You know what? Cool. This league is now paid for for the next eight years. So I'll be more than happy to figure out how I replace the young pieces because I've got the money to do it. So those are the kind, that's kind of how my mind works um, when I'm doing these things. But, but we're coming up on an hour here, so I want to give you some rapid-fire time. G- give, me, give me some rapid-fire questions that you want to know before we, uh, we take this one in for a landing. Um, let's see here. So uh, the trade that I sent you, uh, that one that I, I pulled off at the – do you uh, agree with the well, well, real quick re- recap it for the listeners? So I, I have oh, the inside, I, I have the inside track, but uh, walk them through this trade so that they know what's going on. So uh, I, the guy that's the, again, the co-commissioner, he's basically got the, he and I are kind of neck and neck for best team in the league. And he's got some real depth at wide receiver, but that's how he builds his uh, rosters. And I, at like the last 15 minutes before the trade deadline, offered him DK Metcalf for his two firsts, one of which was likely going to be in the top four, and the other one was his, and and Sam Darnold coming back my way. And my reasoning was a few different things. Uh I didn't like it was a, a the very very short term. I knew I was going to be forced to play DK because you got to play DK, but his last two weeks were god awful matchups, especially that one in the championship game against the Rams. Uh so I kind of was thinking along those lines. Uh I knew that he already has Patrick Mahomes and he had Sam Darnold and then he was going to get a big, you know, a, at least one QB in this draft. And then, you know, all of a sudden, but he was real light at QB otherwise. So I'm thinking he doesn't really have draft picks after that to get those QBs. And he's probably not going to be high up in the draft next year. So my thought was maybe kneecapping him there. And then, but the one big thing was, I didn't know where those picks were going to be necessarily. If the guy made the playoffs that I got the 101 from, then I'm, you know, SOL. So where do you, where do you uh, I guess, where do you draw the line as far as the risk that you're taking, especially given that it's mostly draft picks that's a compensation for a guy like Metcalf? I don't think I'd make that trade if this league wasn't transitioning to Superflex. The power of the QB 
Um, for those that have never played Superflex, have primarily played 1QB, you don't know what you don't have until you don't have it. You could have a just an absolutely star-studded roster from the running back group to the wide receiver group. You could have a, a Travis Kelsey. But if you're forced to start a couple of guys like Jared Goff and a Baker Mayfield, and Baker's a guy that I've turned a corner on, but those are a couple of guys that on their best day are going to give you top 12 at the position value. I, mean, I know Baker beats the dog shit out of Cincinnati a couple of times a year, and that's fine. But Baker has never finished above like QB 16 on a season. And if you're playing a, a team that's got, you, you mentioned the, the, the team that's got Kyler and Dak, the odds of you being able to overcome what Kyler and Dak can do to you on a given week, if one don't get you, the other one will, and more than likely both of them are going to get you. And what a Jared Goff, Baker Stack, or a Derek Carr, or a Kirk Cousins, very rarely are they going to overcome that to the point. So for me, with this transitioning to a super flex and just knowing what was going to be in this draft from, from a QB standpoint, you did fine. You did fine. Because the draft picks, this is a 10-team league, by the way. And for me, the top 10 picks in a super flex were the cutoff. So you're getting a guaranteed some combination of one of the of two of these ten guys with those draft picks. Okay, you're getting the five QBs, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, and the three running backs. So I'm going to take any combination of those two and Sam Darnold for DK Metcalf, and I love DK Metcalf. He's DLF's number one wide receiver overall in a startup. Now I don't agree with that. I have him as number five overall in a startup, but we're splitting hairs. He's a top five wide receiver, but no, I do not hate that that trade in a vacuum. I think you yeah. did fine. And, 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 and here's the thing. Don't ever apologize for being lucky. I found the harder <laughs> I work, the luckier I get. And that's just how it is. And so now you ended up turning that DK Metcalf into Trevor Lawrence, into Sam Darnold, and into the 109, which could be Javante Williams. First of all, I've not been in a Superflex startup yet, personally, where Trevor Lawrence has went behind DK Metcalf. So basically, let's just call those two a wash. They're not, but let's just, for the sake of argument, they are, in a value standpoint, in a Superflex league, right? Mm -hmm. That makes whoever you get at the 109 and Sam Darnold, another poker term, a complete free roll. Anything you get from those guys on a weekly basis is a complete free roll. So th that's how I look. And, and that's one of the things, another, another strategy tip that I do. Once you get to a certain point and you kind of know who the players are going to be from like a draft pick standpoint, you can say, well, I can slot him in at the 109 and him in at the 106 and him in at the 104. You're no longer trading for the 104. I'm trading for one of these four guys. I'm trading for one of these nine guys. And, and it, it just has a different connotation to it. So that's, just some strategy stuff that I do. I think he did fine. I like DK, but you know, there's like there, there was yeah. a meme I posted a while back. It was it was DK at the uh, the UFC fights, and he was throwing up a peace sign, but someone still shot at it and said, "DK, how many drops are you gonna average per game this year?" <laughs> and it looks like he's saying two. So you know, I, I love DK. Like I said, he's top five for me. But uh, I think he did okay, man. And uh, again, don't apologize yeah. for being lucky. Yeah, I try not to be process over result or results over process uh, with that trade, but it was definitely one where um, there were there were a lot of different factors in play with it, and I figured you know the just being able to get that 
uh, that draft capital away from basically the main, the guy I see as the main competitor, or the guys, I should say, they're co-owned. But uh, that that seemed like it was enough juice for me to to give it up because I I feel pretty good about my ability to pick up guys in the draft and you know I have well, you got me in your corner. wide receiver. Hey, yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're going to help you, man. You got you, you got the power of the war zone behind you. So uh, I got a couple I more, man. Thumbs, couple more. So. That's right, man. You can text <laughs> me at any time. And when this draft's going on, the odds, the odds, you know, we talk about odds again. The odds would dictate I'm going to be in a lawn chair. I'm going to be watching my son play baseball, and I can always respond the minute he gets done, either pitching or hitting. When he's playing center field, unless I hear the crack of the bat, I don't look up too much. So I'm, I'm always here. I'm always a text away. What other questions you got, man? Um. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if there's too much else. Uh, as, as far as that, I guess that general philosophy uh, that I was talking about, just kind of more going on that kind of money ball aspect, just always kind of looking for value rather than worrying about the team as a kind of a, in a, in a microcosm. I, uh, I think that that's, that's going to kind of rule my, my thought process going forward. I, I, I I'm going to try to keep a generally competitive roster if for as long as I can and you know, try to differentiate myself at, you know, the certain points that I can. But I feel like I've had really good teams that have gone into the playoffs and fizzled out, and I've had, you know, decent squads that, you know, it just takes a couple good weeks, and there you are. So uh, I don't think that giving up that, giving up 5% over the next four years of making the playoffs is worth the extra whatever three percent four percent i might get just from you know trying to stack up my lineup giving up the farm for that year so i don't know if that's a that's a sound thought process or not you know i'm going to end this on this on this statement right here and i'll get you out here um for me something i've been doing i don't want to go as far as i know it's an auction thought process stars and scrubs where you spend all your draft money in a auction startup on a handful of really good studs and then just surround them with scrubs and try to get a team. I'm a little bit more toward the middle of that, but I, you know, a, a baseball reference, I just mentioned my son playing baseball, is having a good bullpen. You know what? I, I, I want to have one ace at the running back position. I want to have one ace at the wide receiver position. I want to have an ace at the tight end position. And then obviously with this team, this team specifically, you already have great quarterbacks. I'm going to fill those other three to four flex spots with with setting the best roster each and every week based on who I'm playing in a head-to-head matchup and what the projection is and what the schedule looks like. I feel very – that's one thing that I do well with my head-to-head leagues. I, I'm very confident in setting my weekly roster. I don't second-guess myself. I don't beat myself up if – you know, uh, Cortland Sutton has a juicy matchup, and I, I sit DJ Moore because he's got a really tough matchup. Because I'm just going to go where the data says I should go. The, the oh, you know what, always start your studs kind of thing. Yeah, okay, kind of. But sometimes you got to listen to the data too. So, you know, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to start DK Metcalf every week. But I'm not playing DK Metcalf over like a Cortland Sutton if he's playing Jalen Ramsey and Cortland Sutton's got an amazing got an amazing lineup. I'm sorry, an amazing matchup. 
because I know what happens more often than not when DK. Yeah, I know in the back of my mind there's this chance that DK could have two touchdowns. I, I get it. I know it's a possibility, but is it probable? So, no, man, I, I think you're on the right track, and I think this is a good team. And uh, that's think with T-H-I-N-K, but I want to thank, that's with an A, thank you for coming back and doing this again with me, man. And uh, before I get you out of here, for those listening, you would have saw this probably 10 days ago on YouTube had you subscribed with notifications turned on on YouTube because I've got so many shows that I've got lined up and I've got to put them out in a sequential order and a good roster conversation like this one has a little bit of an evergreen life to it. We didn't talk at Aaron Rodgers. We don't think anyone's getting traded. So this is a conversation that will probably drop around the week of the 4th of July. But had you been on YouTube, you would have caught it somewhere around the end of June. So, man, hey, man, thanks so much for coming back and hanging out with me and spending some time and doing this twice. No, it's my pleasure. It's been, uh, I think, the second time around actually worked out a lot better. So, well, I can uh, tell you from an audio standpoint, it damn sure worked out better. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I look I look forward to I'm going to hold you to coming back and hanging out with me and uh, next year when the season's over and give us a follow-up and, and how this thing uh, shaped up in 2021, and as well as uh, hit me up on the DM so I know how this draft goes. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't mind uh, discussing it again and kind of going over more of a what the trade processes are and the thought process of became, uh, you know, along those lines. I think that that's uh, a lot of value there. So I you got a deal, my friend, you have got a deal. Well, I'll tell you what, I appreciate the hell of you out of you coming back. I appreciate all of you listening. Those of you that watched earlier, two thumbs up for being a YouTube subscriber. But on behalf of that man, his name is Jason, uh, my name is Memphis. You can follow me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here real soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what. Well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. And this segment is brought to you by ViridianGlobal.com. And that is the official apparel provider of the Dynasty Warzone merch. We have our t-shirts over there. We have our dad hats. We have our Jerry NWO themed hats. We have hoodies. We have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white. 
and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some, some tank tops. We have our new working harder than an ugly stripper t-shirt and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself and our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a ton of styles and you want to head over there and check everything out. You simply go to Viridian Global. That is V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N Global, ViridianGlobal.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store and man, you'll see all the t-shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor and we recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at ViridianGlobal.com. Thanks for checking them out. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak